She said, come and be my hero So I'm going deco on that pussy Kick it, shoot, style, finna flick up in that pussy Got the glove on shit, plus ultra with the pussy She think I got powers, I said, nah, I'm just great Come and be my hero So I'm going deco on that Hey y'all, this week we're gonna be talking about NCLEX and nursing Um First things first, we're back with the Anime Bay podcast, you know, second episode of season two. Um, it's been a week. It's been a week. And if I sound kind of tired, I had a a very um, deep conversation before this episode, and um, I'm okay. I'm okay. And, uh, um, yeah, uh, just a just a few updates and reminders. There's going to be more episodes coming. And then I'll be taking a break again just to, like, get adjusted to my new job. And I don't know when I can come record again and, like, make more episodes. So I'm here recording uh, just to get a couple episodes out today. Hopefully... Uh, hopefully we knock out about eight episodes today Uh, just to give you guys more content and I feel like I should be more consistent and more intentional with my recording and yeah how was you guys week let me know on Instagram at the anime bay podcast Um, no spaces all the words together Uh, yeah follow me on TikTok I'll put it in the description of this podcast. But follow me on TikTok. So, this episode is for all the baddies that want to be a nurse or a CNA or a LPN, LVN. Um, you know, any type of healthcare related uh career or you're just interested in learning about healthcare in general so as you all know I am now a registered nurse and and I am so happy (laughs) and I start this week Uh, when this episode comes out I start this week and I'll be vlogging on TikTok about how is this going as a new grad, like the experience that I'll have on orientation and then hopefully um it'll build up until uh I'm on my own for the first time and then uh uh I am in the residency program, a one year residency program, so I'll be checking in periodically, letting you guys know how I feel as a new grad and things like that. Um so this one is for my TikTok girlies and boys. Uh she's and they's and them's um that are interested in becoming nurses. I just wanted to say thank you for listening and watching um my TikToks about nursing and I, even though it's not something I thought my um content would like uh gear towards um more so nursing that seems where my audience um is interested in and I just wanna give you guys a little bit of tips and tricks of getting through nursing school. So let's start with getting into nursing school. Uh it really depends on the route you want to go. Um, for me personally, I'll in high school I was in a health um, I forgot what it's called a health program. I wish I knew what it's called because they changed up since then. Basically, a CNA class. Oh, health sciences. <laughs> it was a health sciences class that took uh, like three years and I've been there all three years so I was a completer in that program and they had a CNA certification at the end of the program and 
I loved healthcare so much that I just went through all three years because it was something that really intrigued me. My freshman year, I did sports medicine, which really got me interested, but I was not good in sports medicine. Um, and it could have been a teacher because I think that they have replaced her. But I was not good in sports medicine, but I also knew that I loved healthcare. I love helping people and I, it just got me so intrigued to, to like learn how to take care of people and what diseases there are so I went through three years did not get my CNA certification um felt that and that really tore me up I felt really bad but um I applied to a college um in the same state I was, I would say close to home, but it wasn't that close to home. Um, and it was one of the best nursing, it had one of the best nursing programs. I went to a four-year school. Looking back, I would have went to a two-year school. Um, I know some people call them community colleges. Uh, we call it tech schools where I'm from and I, went, I would have went back and got my LPN, LVN, uh, I, I don't really know the logistics or the difference between the two, I'm so sorry, but I would have done that so I could be working and and got my, uh, my uh, RM to BSN. Like I said, I don't really know too much about that, but I would have used that to get more experience or to continue working. The only reason I went straight to a four-year school, because in high school when I shadowed with nurses um, and respiratory therapists and things like that, they would always say that um, they were making um, LPNs, um, these hospitals were making LPNs go back to school to get their bachelor's. And get their RN license and I felt like if they're gonna make me do that anyway I might as well just go ahead and, and get it you know what I'm saying now nearly post pandemic even though we are still in post pandemic they're using more and more LPNs because there's a nursing shortage well nurses at the bedside shortage and kind of wish I would have just did that <laughs> it got more experience as a nurse prior to doing this but in the end it, it all worked out anyway um if you have resources to do that and you feel like that's something you're interested in I would look into that um and just do a little bit of research about the facilities near you and like I would go on Indeed or LinkedIn um Something like that, just to look up LPN positions near you um, and what type of positions. It really just depends on where you want to go. Granted, LPNs are more commonly used in long-term care facilities, but they can't work in a hospital. Um, so it really just depends on you and what you feel is like the best path in life and if you want to get your RN or get your bachelor's or higher education you uh, can look up programs near you that also do that um, yeah um, also if you're like a young listener um, I would say CNAs um, love them now love them I have family members that are CNAs and um, I love them and the ones I was working with because I eventually became a student nurse PCA and uh, the ones I worked with that have been doing it for so long you could tell that they genuinely love their job and they love what they do and there's so much to be learned from everybody in the healthcare team and I cannot stress this enough even though I'm a new grad and I mean I have that much experience, I can cannot stress this enough. Please, please, please come into this 
with an attitude that you are willing to learn from some other people and you're willing to take criticism, but really just have that hunger for learning and being teachable. I see, I've seen new grads when I was still in nursing school have this air of cockiness and and things around them that makes them unteachable and makes um, older nurses not want to teach them, and which is fair. And then you have some older nurses that no matter what you do, they just um, they just they just don't. Um, don't like new grads, and it, and it it just is what it is. But if you come with this attitude, like I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to receive information given to me, then it's gonna be it's gonna be great. <laughs> and I say just now because obviously I'm about to be on orientation, but like I feel like from what I've learned in nursing school that you're gonna learn. Even older nurses that have been nurses for 10, 20 plus years still learn new stuff every day. So it's, it's important to be teachable. Um, but yes, I got my bachelor's. Um, uh, I had to take prereqs, um, anatomy, physiology, and organic chemistry, organic chemistry, uh, statistics. Um, another type of math. Um, I took a foreign language. I took Spanish 101 because I took two years of Spanish in high school. Um, I'm trying to think of the prereqs I actually took in college because when I was in high school, I also took college-level classes, um, dual enrollment classes. I didn't do AP just because it didn't fit into my schedule of other classes I needed to take in high school um, to graduate then. Um, and it had some scheduling conflicts with like um, band. Because yes, I was, in, I was in band all throughout high school and I finally got the opportunity to be an honor band. Blah, 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 blah. Because I, I really didn't care about band. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I did take some college level classes in high school that helped count towards my um, college GPA and knocked out some of my um, gen eds that I didn't have to spend more time in school um, taking. Um, but I could always retake some of those classes to get like a higher grade but I chose to keep the grade I had and I came into college with a 3.4 GPA and, and I took English 101, 102, um, American government, political science, um, uh, religion, intro to religion and I was a teacher cadet in high school. Um, so an educational class. I think that's it. <laughs> um, I did account towards my GPA, and then I. Um, our school doesn't make people apply. They they just know that you're either a pre-nursing student or you're a nursing applicant, and uh, pre-nursing is. Um, I say I say some of this stuff with uncertainty because my school's program has changed over the years. And it's still changing. Um, Pre-nursing means that your um, your chances are of getting into the program a little bit higher because it was based off GPA for the most part. Um, and since I came into college with a high GPA, I was a pre-nursing student, and I can't and I graduated high school with a three no not three a four point six GPA. Um, so the higher your GPA is, the the better your chances are. And then you have nursing applicants who have to take more classes. And I think it was also um, based off ACT, SAT scores. Um, I can't remember if I had, I think I had a 24, 25 on the ACT. I didn't really care about the shit. That, that, yeah, I didn't really care about that. So I didn't really try to study. I studied. 
we had SAT prep classes too in high school and I I did my best but like I don't know. I just felt like I don't know. Um, yeah. And then I got into the program. It was a one three program, which means um three years of nursing classes. You know, all of your nursing classes spread out over three years, mixed in with your um, gen eds and your first years, just taking anatomy, physiology, and chemistry, and like those real sciencey classes um, to help try to boost your chances of getting into the program. Um, my cohort was like the last cohort that they were taking for the one three program, and it was like normally forty spots per semester. So they just took all of us, and uh, they. Um, this was pre-COVID, and then COVID hit. The semester that COVID hit, I was. Um, everybody was sent back home, and I was already struggling in some of these classes because I think I was in fundamentals, which we call Stratton Tech. Strategies and technology, I think we call it um, call it that. And uh, I was in fundamentals, farm, physical assessment, and can't remember if there was a fourth class, and I or I probably second gen it. But when I tell you I was struggling at home because I'm not a good I'm not the person that can study at home. And we couldn't come back to campus because everything was going to shit. And I had to learn. That was a semester that we learned how to do IVs. And I had to do that shit on a pool noodle and teach myself at home. And I didn't have a great connection to the internet. Well, I didn't really have internet, but I had to go use a hotspot for everything. And everything was online. It was a very shitty time, and I did fail physical assessment. Because I needed a very high um, grade on the final. And I thought maybe if I pulled out of farm, because I was about to fail farm, if I pulled out of farm and focused on this class, then I can um, possibly pass. New flash. No, no, I didn't. Oh, I was also taking microbiology. That's the other class I was taking microbiology. Um, and that really hurt me um, to have to fail that class. And your teacher is just being like, oh, well, there's nothing really I can do for you. That sucks for you. <laughs> uh, you can always retake it, <laughs> which is the attitude that I felt from a lot of my professors. And I feel like if I feel like there's like um I don't want to say it. There's some type of issue between white professors and black students, black nursing students, black nurses. Um, but that's a topic for another day. <laughs> so, yeah, getting back the following semester, which was in the fall, because we went home in March 2020, got back in the fall, but it was still restricted. Like they had more online class options, so people didn't have to. Come. So no, not everybody had to come back to campus. More hybrid options too, um, and I got to stay on campus. Blah blah. And I can talk about my college life in another episode if y'all want that. Um, so I had to retake farm because I withdrew before finals, and I had to take physical assessment again, and blah blah blah. Um, and I took patho before that farm basics, which is, has nothing really to do to, with farm other than that, a little bit, and then med calc. Um, can't remember another class I had, but I just remember being so bright eyed with my uniform and just be like, oh, I'm about to be a nurse. And I would see these older nursing students be like, oh my gosh, they're so cool. And I want to be like them when I get there. And then the following year, um, 
I took med surge one and two and mental health in the same semester. Med surge one, my professor for that class was out on maternity leave. So she didn't come back until after spring break. Um, and we didn't have anybody else up for, that, for her or teach that class until after spring break. We were doing clinicals for med surge one, but we weren't having lecture, if that makes sense. And then we had to like cram all of med surge one within six weeks. So from at from mid March to the end of the semester, that's when we had to cram all of med surge one while we were already taking med surge two and mental health. Um and most of the classes were online or hybrid. Um, two med surge one was online. We had to stay in class for three hour lectures a day just to catch up. Um Mental health was online. Um, yeah, <laughs> hated it. Hated med surge floors. I hated med surge clinicals. Hate it. Hate it. Ugh. Ugh. Ghetto. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all my med surge babies and my med surge nurses and all nurses that start on med surge. I just personally hate it. <laughs> I really do. I. Med surgeon is my version of nursing hell. <laughs> um, it's just so much. There's so many patients to take on, and uh, and you're scrambling to take care of seven, eight patients at once, and and you're understaffed, and there may not be enough text to help you, or or if it is a tech, they might be just the only one, and they're struggling. So shout out to them. And it's a lot. It's just a lot. I just med search is a dumpster fire. Um, if you are a med search nurse, you are stronger. You are stronger than me. You are strong. You are a tough cookie. <laughs> um, what else? Um, then I got to OB. And our um, our school separated OB and pediatrics, um, but now they're combining the two classes. Um, and OB in itself is like a very, very um, dense material uh, of class. Uh, so yeah, OB, um, critical care which is just ICU, ER type stuff, and more. And uh, what else did I take? I took OB, OB, critical care, professional development, and nursing research. Um, critical care was the class that I just, I just sucked at. <laughs> it was so hard for me to grasp ventilators and stuff like that. Respiratory is not my strongest subject in nursing or neuro or kidneys. I got better with kidneys when I got into peds, but um, cut. I, critical care was just not it. And then the clinicals was just, uh, I would work in the ER though. ER is pretty cool. If you ever get the chance to do those clinicals or shadow down there, it's pretty cool. Um, OB, I really loved OB. I fell in love with OB, even though we didn't have that many OB clinicals. Um, OB was just that class that I just, it just clicked. It just made so much sense to me. Um, the other two classes were cool. Then we got to my final semester where I was taking peds. Um, uh, peds. What is that class called? Community, community health. <laughs> community health. Um, then we had an MCLEX prep class and another class, leadership, <laughs> where you get to like um, uh, mentor younger um, students in their clinicals and their labs and kind of teach them and 
show them some ropes and like try to be a leader. Didn't like that class. Because why? Because I just, I don't know, I have social anxiety and I kind of didn't want to be there because I felt like we had so many assignments and so many things to do that I felt like um, if there was less courses to do, like less course load, I probably have been in a better mood. But it's like I don't really know what I'm doing. You have me teaching these younger students and I barely know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, community was cool. Um, most of those clinicals, we didn't really do anything. We just kind of just sat there and took up space, which also kind of made me mad because kind of like we're not learning anything and we're just sitting here talking or talking to, to people. And we didn't really get much hands-on experience or learn anything. Um, peds, I really love peds. I really love going to a children's hospital. I really love going to pediatric units. I really love pediatrics. Um, for someone that doesn't like kids or didn't like kids for a long as I'll be like, I don't like kids. And now I'm just like, oh, I really love working with kids and working with children. And, um, you know, hopefully one day I get to work with kids because I always said I want to be a school nurse, you know. And hopefully I get enough experience to be able to do that. Um, yeah, then I graduated and then I, um, I'm here now <laughs> as a registered nurse. And this is probably what everybody's been waiting for in clicks. Um, I don't know if I can say anything that's going to make anybody feel better about um, NCLEX. I'm so sorry that this is, I don't know. I don't know what to say to make you feel better about NCLEX. But the version that I took is the old version um by april 2023 i believe they're going to be changing it by adding more case studies and exhibits and a lot more stuff um and let me backtrack a little bit our school uses ati and we had to um, take the t's test to get into the program as well um, which is like a background on like science. It's kind of like an SAT thing, but like more science-y. Um, since our school uses ATI, um, we did a lot of proctored exams. Um, a lot of assignments through ATI to help study. ATI is the one in the nursing um nursing systems uh, that help prep students for NCLEX. Nursing educational systems that are prepping students for NCLEX. Um, and NCLEX is the national um, legislative exam to um, license nurses uh, or potential nurses uh, to practice in their state. And I would say that um, after I finished my NCLEX, they did um, let us do some practice questions of the new NCLEX that comes next year. Because right now it's, um, the, it's 2022. Um, I will say that it is similar to ATI. I don't know anything about HESI, and my school doesn't use HESI. I don't know any schools nearby that use HESI, um, but I would say that it's very good similar to ATI. Now, what everybody's been waiting for, how did I prep for NCLEX? One, I use ATI questions. Our school makes us do ATI green light. Um, 
Like our school, uh, sorry, like I said, our school makes us use ATI green light where you have to get green lighted to take NCLEX where you have to work with a, a tutor and do assignments. Um, and every, um, so often at your pace within like 12 weeks or so. And it touches like uh, each um, course, like um, farm, mental health, maternal, newborn, um, pediatrics, uh, community and leadership, and you know, each type of nursing class that you've um, even gone through. And there's a bunch of assignments dealing with that. I also use Mark Clement lectures. And I will say that even though we did a live review before graduating, um, and it, things started to make sense when the um, ATI lady came to like review with us, it was a three-day live review from like eight in the morning to like four in the afternoon. And things started to click then, but Mark Clemec is that dude. <laughs> he is that dude. Um, <laughs> uh, I understand that some of his lectures are being taken down um, on YouTube, but there are some resources if you do um, uh, keep searching that there are some lectures and I will say look quick um, I will try to um, in my link tree I will try to attach some of the PDFs but they're kind of hard to attach because I got it from somebody else so I will be working on that to like attach that and I'll put it in the description and I'll put it well the description of this um, podcast so Um, of all 12 of Mark Clement's lectures first of all Mark Clement is um, um, someone who used to write questions for NCLEX um, great nursing guy great nursing educator and he would teach students about what is the NCLEX essentially and what is most commonly on it. I can't speak on the NCLEX questions per se, but I will say most of my exam was mental health and his lectures on mental health were it what he's what he said is on is on it. And um uh, learning his tips and tricks. You know I didn't watch the lectures, I'm reading a PDF um I will say have greatly impacted my grade. Um, lecture 12 is the most important lecture because most of our questions from the NCLEX are based on prioritization and delegation and things like that. And I will, I'll speak on some of, some of that lecture since it's the most important one. Um, he says for prioritization, you have to decide whether your patient is the sickest or the healthiest and what you're looking for. Um, Let's see. Um, he he said there's four parts of the question. There is an age, uh, gender, and diagnosis, and a modifying phrase. Um, as like a ten year old male with hypospadiasis, spidey, you know, you know what the fuck I'm saying. It's <laughs> throwing up bowel stain emesis. So you had the age, the gender, and his diagnosis, but the modifying phrase is throwing up bile stain emphasis. The first two parts are kind of irrelevant, age and um, gender, unless it's like a, a pediatric patient and the age is born. The modifying phrase is most important um, and it's really based on what's acute and what's happening right now 
versus something that's been happening for a long time and more chronic. And that really helps me. And you have to realize what's normal for some diseases to, you know, what findings are more normal. Um, like with COPD, they may have trouble um, breathing, shortness of breath, blah, blah, blah. That's normal. But if it's newfound shortness of breath, that's the patient you need to see. Let's see. Sorry, y'all. I'm looking at my um, PDF. Okay. Acute patients are patients like if it's fresh post-op within like 12 hours of surgery. Um, if they're newly admitted within um, 24 hours. Um, if their labs are like really abnormal, if they're unstable, like unstable blood pressure or heart rate or anything like that, if they have an acute illness or they had anesthesia within the last 12 hours, that will make them very unstable. And those are the patients that you need to see first. Patients that are stable are patients that have been there longer than 24 hours. They have a chronic illness. It's been more than 12 hours since they were post-op, and they only had, like, a little local or regional anesthesia. Okay. And... Okay. When you're having a mass casualty um, incident, um, there are four, three things that result in a black tag. If they're pulseless, if they're breathless, and it's fixed and dilated pupils. Even though they're still breathing, you just move on to the next one. Um, move on to the next patient. Uh, four things that will always make a patient unstable. Hemorrhage, but they're not bleeding. So like internal bleeding. High fevers, especially over 104. Low blood sugar. And if they're pulseless or breathless. Um... However, if you're at a scene, a mass casualty scene or something like that, if the patient, is, you haven't witnessed them become pulseless and breathless, you just, they, you just assume that they're, you know, they're, they're <laughs> I don't want to get banned off TikTok because I'm recording for TikTok, but like, I don't, if they, if they look like they're on their last leg, you just kind of just move on. And... If you're stuck between antibody systems, it's always um, in order of most vital to least vital organs, which is brain, then the lungs, then the heart, then the liver, then the kidneys, and then the pancreas. And then you just go through your answer options and pick out which one is more vital than the other. Delegation. Uh, you cannot delegate the following to an LPN, which is a licensed practical nurse. Is they cannot start an IV, they cannot hang or mix IV meds, they cannot push IV IV push meds. Now, some LPNs have been able to do IVs without um, IV training and stuff like that. Forget that. And I'm going to tell you this right now to help with any nursing questions. Forget what you know happens in real life because the hospitals and everything, they're working with a shortage. So anything really goes right now. So anything really goes right now. Um, you have to 
differentiate what you see happening in practice and what happens on state boards and what happens in class. Those are two different things. Be mindful of that. So when you're answering questions and you're like, oh, but I've seen this happen. Just because you've seen it happen does not mean that's what the right answer is on the test. Um, LPNs can only maintain the IV and document the flow. They can't give blood or deal with central lines. They cannot make the care plan. However, they can implement. Um, they can't perform or develop teaching. They can reinforce teaching. Um, basically, what I gather from that, they can't do these things first. RN has to do that. And then the LPN follows up with that. And they cannot take care of un unstable patients. And yeah, this is another one that notes that they can't perform the first or anything. Um, but they can do after the RN has done such things. Um, yeah. If there's something new or something becomes unstable, then the RN has to do the assessment. Um, yeah. They're not going to be the ones who do the first assessment. Um, a UAP should not be, which is an unassisted, unlicensed assistant personnel, should not be uh, charting assessments or anything like that. They can only chart what they've done. They cannot give meds unless the meds are topical or over-the-counter medicines or some type of creams. Um, they cannot do any assessments except for vitals and uh, blood sugars, and they cannot give treatments except for enemas. Please, please, please know what LPNs and UAPs can do. Please, please, please. Um, don't delegate, um, any safety issues to any of the family members. Um, uh, staff management, um, it says there's always four answers. Um, you can tell your supervisor, you can confront them or take over the task. The staff is implementing or talk to them later or ignore. We never ignore anything that is inappropriate and this this right here helps me so much with uh, ATI questions um, if the staff member is doing something illegal then you tell your supervisor if they're not doing anything illegal but they're putting the um, patient in harm harm's way um, you need to confront them immediately and take over. If they're not in harm way, but it's just something really inappropriate and something they shouldn't be doing, you need to talk to them at a later time. So, if it's illegal, tell your supervisor. If it's not, but it's going to be harmful, you need to confront them and take over. If nobody's in harm's way immediately, you need to pull them aside at a later time. No heart sound, well, heart sound locations. Um, nobody expects you to know every single thing about nursing. Nobody does. Most nurses don't know any everything about, I was about to say anything. Oof. They don't know everything. Don't guess your way through it. Um, use um, previous knowledge that you've had before to like guide your way through um, some of the questions. And if you know certain things about certain body systems and how they work, they can use like um, answer the questions. I feel like it, you 
me personally, when I did it, took the NCLEX, I feel like I just sat down and just, even though it was getting harder and harder, I just felt like I just sat there and I went through each test question and tried to give a true false answer. Is this true or is this false? Um, uh, and try to make sense of each answer. Does that make sense? Some answers are just blatantly wrong. Um, and the test is very adaptive. So if you're doing well, you know, or if you miss a question, it might give you a question that might be a bit easier. You have better chance of passing. Um, me, personally, I didn't study for like five hours a day. I felt like that was a bit obsessive, obsessive and I didn't study like that in nursing school, so I felt like I didn't really need to study like that um, during NCLEX. I feel like more power to people that OD study like that. But I um, feel like this is something we should talk about. I studied for maybe two to three hours a day. Sometimes just every other day. Taking like mental health days. Um, to just eat and not focus on myself. I may touch like a little bit of nursing. I might do like 50, at least 50 practice questions a day. Um, 50 to 75 to 100 it really depends and I used a lot of my ETI assignments to help do those practice questions and when I, on days that I did ATI work I had did uh, like 100 200 questions to almost 300 questions in a day which I feel like pretty OD but I had like a month between when I got back from my trip and when I actually took the NCLEX I feel like if you've been studying longer, if you take like 25 questions a day, um, it'd be good. Uh, don't feel like you have to study every little thing. You have to know all the nitty gritty stuff. But I feel like if you um, do practice questions and the ones you get wrong, well, all questions, even if you get them right, the ones you get wrong and the ones you get right go through the rationales. Um, and try to figure out why you missed the question and potentially do some research on the topic that you missed. Like, I would go back and, like, do practice questions or do practice tests, then write down the subjects that I missed, and then make sure I went back and studied those subjects. So when I see it again, I'll have more information about it, and I would be less likely to miss. Um, yeah, I did that. <laughs> and even with the rationales for the questions I didn't miss the ones I got right some half of the questions I just guessed and or I just knew it was right but like I didn't know why it was right and I feel like it's important to know why you got something right um, as well um, just you know just learn or if you see it again and you kind of forgot what you put the first time you understand why you got it right um what else? Um, hmm. What else? I I did get an ATI live review book, at a live review, the pink book. Um, it was cool. I didn't read all the, the whole book. Some people did. I don't. I just didn't. I never read read textbooks. I never have. I'll blip through them, like skim and scan, but mainly if I just didn't know a topic that well, that's the only time I would read a book, and even then I would skim and scan because I don't like reading textbooks. Didn't really use many of my textbooks in college, unless for that reason, or I was doing practice questions, and I used to do like 200 practice questions for a chapter in school before I took the test. So like in Peds, when I graduated, I had done over 2,000 practice questions. Um, yeah. Um, 
uh, yeah, I, I really just did questions and like studying Mark Mac. I read the lecture over um, watching them and over reading the um, ATI book. I just did a lot of practice questions whenever I had a chance to do that, be able to do practice questions. Um, and at some points I just got sick of like doing questions. I just have to stop. Please, please, please take a break. Do not study the day before. Um, always take time to like do something for you and just have a designated time to study. Um, and the better time that you retain information. Some people study better at night. Some people study better in the morning, but you know who. If you gotten this far in the nursing school, you know when the better time for you to study. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, I don't remember the max number of questions you can have, but always be prepared to take the max amount of questions. That way, that if you get past the seven five, you don't like freak out. And feel like, oh, I'm still going and I'm failing. I don't know why people think that. I, I, well, I didn't really know much about NCLEX beforehand, but I feel like um, it's adapted to you and how well you're doing. Um, if you're still answering questions, Mark will next say you're still in the game. And, you know, in my personal experience um, with the class that I've, my cohort, uh, we've noticed that if you have more select all or apply, like 20 to 30 plus select all or apply, that means that's a good sign that you're passing and you're doing well because select all or apply is hard. Um, yeah, just sit there and just like um, take a breath and um, just think about what you're doing. You've been doing this for a long time and I'm rooting for you um, from one nurse to another. Um, and clicks is hard and it's very stressful. And the day of, I was just sweating bullets. And um, I can't really talk about the test itself, but it's, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> it was hard, but at the same time, not that bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I'll say that. Cause I was just thinking the worst. <laughs> um, Cause I do have anxiety, so I just thought it was gonna be the worst. It it was bad. I'll, I'll give it that. It was bad. It was pretty pretty rough, but yeah, I believe in you. You got this. If you can get through nursing school and all those tests and everything, then you can get through NCLEX. So that about sums it up for this week's episode of the Anime Bay podcast. This is a long one. Don't expect too many of these soon. Until I get a co-host. Um, but yeah. You got this. I'm proud of you. Um, take care of yourself. Follow us on Instagram at the Anime Bay, Anime Bay Podcast. And I'll see you guys next week.